Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today we are in week three, going into week four of the GHSA season. That means a lot has already happened, a lot is yet to be decided, so let's just break into some of these storylines for a couple of these classifications. We'll start with boys, and then we'll go on to the girls Hitting on, looks like about four classifications each. But before we do that, have to talk about an event that's coming up this Saturday, December 4th at Archer High School, the Sandy Spiel Showcase. We have 10 ranked teams, count them, 10 ranked teams coming to play in a big star-studded event that opens up at 10.30. Last game is at 7.30. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, five boys games, two girls games. We get it started at 10.30. Number one, Drew Charter in Class A Public versus number two in Class A Private, Providence Christian at 10.30. A great game there. Then we move on to A Private versus A Public again with number five, Christian Heritage versus number two, Social Circle at 12. We move on to number three in Class A Private, Galloway against Denmark at 1.30. Then we have our first girls game of the day at 3 o'clock, the host Archer Tigers, number three, in 7A against number two in Class A Private, Mount Perrin. Um, big star set a game there, of course, with Georgia Tech's Kara Dunn taking the floor for Mount Perrin. And then we have at 4.30, Archer Tigers, the boys, number nine in 7A. They host Decula. Then we move on to 6 o'clock, Newton Rams, the girls, with Sanaya Tripp, one of the best 2024s in the southeast, going up against number two River Ridge in Class 6A with Matea Gale and just really one of the best overall teams in the state so far that we've seen this year. And then the conclusion at 7.30, the nightcap. Class 5A, number 10, Walnut Grove Boys versus South Paulding, a team that gave McDonough, who was number 2A, or number two in Class 4A, all they could handle at the Sandy Spill tip-off classic earlier in the season. So the Sandy Spill Showcase, December 4th, this Saturday at Archer High School, tipping off at 10.30. You can find tickets at KyleSandy355 on Twitter. Also, of course, at SandySpiel.com. I'm sure we'll have some links there. Or if you go to GoFan, look up Archer High School on GoFan, and GoFan will have the tickets available for the all-day event. Without further ado, let's jump into what we have on tap. Let's start with what's going on in Class 7A. Obviously, you know, we're maybe a week or two late on this, but we wanted to let a lot kind of simmer down or simmer up, however you want to look at it. But what's going on in Class 7A? Obviously, the Milton situation, which broke and was ugly and uh, not, not good, not good when people are murdered and Bad things happen like that. So there's been so many rumors surrounding Milton. Is everyone going to get fired? Are kids going to transfer? Are they going to continue on? What's going to happen? Are some players not going to come out? Um, Are they going on a two-week pause? We don't know. But what we do know is their next scheduled game is supposed to be December 4th, this upcoming Saturday, against number 3 Pebble Brook. Remains to be seen that they will play. I guess everything is green light. Uh, Expect this game to be played, but have not heard a peep from the Milton crowd 
So um, we assume that game will be played, but that's still something very interesting to keep an eye on. We're talking about a team that was nationally ranked, the defending state champions, everything going their way. Um, Obviously, the team to beat in the state of Georgia, and then you have that happen uh, with what, what happened in October and then getting arrested in November, that really shakes everything up. So even if they do continue on the season, you know, Milton's a very good team. A lot of talent obviously would be one of the favorites to win the state title, but you do lose your two, you know, biggest players per se, height wise. You lose a 6'5 guy that was te- pegged to play Division One basketball and then a 6'7 kid that moved in from Alabama. So you lose height. Now is LT Overton going to return back from the football field, the number one ranked recruit as a junior? On the, uh, I believe it's a defensive line, uh, does he come back? Does he continue on playing basketball? Does he kind of shy away and say, I don't really need all this extra drama? Who knows? We don't know, and it remains to be seen. But either way, Milton, if they're able to continue on with what they have, this is a very good team. Um, but they're in that two-hole right now because Newton has been that good. Newton, number one in the state. 73-59 win over Westlake last week. Then they beat McEachern 82-77. And then um, just last night, as we record this on a Wednesday, uh, last Tuesday, no, last night, uh, they, they hold off Archer 61-60. to And, you know, Archer has always been so good and so tough defensively. And they're always right there every single game. But they come up just one point short or one possession or one foul call short. And that's how it always seems to go. But Archer is scary, scary, scary. That's why nobody wants to see them in the state tournament. And Newton survived their first matchup uh, against them. And, I mean, Newton, when you just look at it, just reading off the names, I mean, Stefan Castle, Jr., 6'6 guard, going to UConn. Um, Arquavius Brown, about 6'5", jumps out of the gym, a junior, going to Georgia. And then Ja'Kai Newton, uh, a junior guard as well going to Indiana. You got three high major guards in the backcourt right there, and you're not including my okay Green, a six eight forward, and Daniel Pounds, a, a great six eight super bouncy guy that can do a lot of things. And then MJ Whitlock, who's picking up some offers as well. So Newton has all the pieces. Make no mistake. And with all the distractions and everything, the uncertainty surrounding Milton, um, I think it makes sense to put Newton number one right now. Looking on down, we'll go to Class 6A. Um, A little bit of a slow start for Westlake to open up the year. Um, I know they just picked up a win recently against Stevenson, but you're looking at a Westlake team that is uh, currently sitting at 2-3 right now. Um, You know, they played some tough teams. They lost to Tri-City 74-65, not a terrible loss by any means. And they lose to Newton, who we mentioned, 73-59, another good team. But the Hillgrove game, 68-62. Now, I know Hillgrove is much improved this year. Brought in a lot of talent over there, following Coach Moultrie. Um, they're, they're 6-0 right now. They're off to a great start. But I thought Westlake, that that needs to be a game they kind of they, they got to win. Because right now I'm seeing three good teams they played and three good teams they lost to. And Westlake, you know, number two to open up the year in Class 6A. Uh, as we look now, they're currently slated at number five, but they have they have a lot of talent over there. And if everyone's rocking and rolling and playing, you got Gaddis Heath going to Charleston Southern, uh, Mitchell Taylor, um, you know Jaleel McKee, all, all these names 
Rouse that moved in as well. They got all these pieces there. So a little bit of a surprise slow start, but I will say Westlake has played some good competition. I want to see what they do. Will they get back on track against Tucker, who just made it into the top 10 in Class 6A at number 10? That'll be a good little challenge for them. But Westlake maybe trying to figure out all the pieces right now. But once they get rolling, I think that's going to be a team that's very difficult um, to see come February and March. But a bit of a slow start. A team that is not off to a slow start by any means that I got to witness at the North Georgia Showcase is Buford. Buford with Benji Wood, first year on the job over there, um, really taking this team and and, and bringing this team to a, a high level of play right now. And I know they're sitting at, what, about 4-1 and one as we currently speak. They're a lone loss of 65-62 to a very, very, very good South Gwinnett team that should be in the top 10, um, possibly as early as this upcoming Sunday. Um, but Buford was missing some players after um, a little fracas broke out. But they're back healthy. They're back on the floor. Everyone's good now. Um, I saw them just beat up Hart County 82-48, to um, left no doubt in that game, was up 30 points in the first half alone, uh, so they were making a statement there. Alon Sumler uh, just having a great start to the season, shooting the ball exceptionally well, a big 6-3 guard, um, good range on his jump shot, and does a lot. He rebounds, he facilitates, and he gets after it on defense, so He's playing really well. Obviously, Jalen Taylor is the one that stands out to you at six foot seven. He's just a, a bit of a jack of all trades. He might not get you twenty five points every night, but he can get you fifteen points and ten rebounds and block a handful of shots. Really good. And then, uh, you know, looking at what they've had, Malachi Brown. I think he's really stepped up. I mean, I'm look, looking at a kid that has just packed on so much muscle. Um, you know, was just a, a a little guy. I wouldn't necessarily say scrawny, but he was a little guard as a freshman. But he's turning into a beast. Those traps are just busting out of his jersey. He's like a running back hitting the hole. Really good guard. And when I, you know, I think about a Buford team like this that likes to press and likes to get after, it, and they have David Burnett, who I think is uh, was very impressive knocking down outside shots. And Cameron Kelly, super long, and can block shots as well and rebound and do the little things. And I think to myself, you know, you got to win with good guards. And the high school level, can I win a state championship with a guy like Malachi Brown? And I think that answer is yes. I think he is a very good player, only a junior. Had that that offer going into his freshman year, I think from like Lamar. Um, then was kind of banged up and this, that. But now he's really getting let loose, and he's off to a great start. I trust what he does with the ball in his hands. He facilitates, and he's a just a smart player out there. So I really like this Buford team. They are very dangerous. They're up to number two. They have length. They have shooting. They have athletes. They have a lot to get the job done and take a deep run into the Class 6A state tournament. Moving on down, we'll take a quick peek at Class 2A. What's going on in Class 2A? Well, Obviously, everyone thinks Pace is going to run away with it, and Pace is obviously still the the heavy, heavy favorite. And um, you know, I'm not taking any way anything away from them. I think they definitely deserve to be the heavy favorite, and that's why they're still sitting at number one, even though they got beat by 18 by Norcross at that Holiday Hoops Giving event. But we're talking about a West Side team 
That's currently ranked number two, Westside Augusta. You got to be very aware of this team. This team is playing extremely well. Um, they they really kind of jumped onto the scene last year as a team that won maybe 17, 18 games or contending for that Region 4 title. Um, a team that was, I think a, a lot of those guys are primarily sophomores last year. Um, but now you're looking at them, a lot of these guys are juniors now. Um, Jalexis Ewing, I'm not sure that's how you pronounce his first name or not, but this is a guy that's been blowing up every single time I see Chad Cook reporting on these games. It's Ewing putting up 24 points, 26 points. He just had 29 points in an overtime win over a good Augusta Christian team, 86-77. And Kalon Hudson, um, a strong, sturdy forward, small forward type player, had 27. Now I heard Augusta Christian, they were missing some of their better players, only played about half the game. But nonetheless, a very impressive win for Westside Augusta. And we're talking about this Westside team that already, not including a, a win against a talented Augusta Christian team, this Westside group already has three wins against teams in the top 10, or at least we're currently in the top 10. They open with the 83-77 win over Peach County, who is currently ranked number 7 in Class 3A. Then they beat Evans, who is ranked in Class 6A. They beat them 72-60. to And then they beat... Uh, Jones County, another team that's hanging in there in Class 5A near the bottom of the pole, 70-56. to 56. So this Westside team, they're not playing Mickey Mouse opponents. And sometimes you see that with some of these smaller schools just because they're in a geographical area where it does get difficult to play good teams and really challenge yourself. No, no, no. Westside has done a great job. They picked up a lot of wins. I'm really interested in this Westside team. Are they a legit state title threat? I know it's really, really early right now, but... From all the scores that I've seen coming through and knowing that they have some really good shifty quick guards and they have a little bit of size here and there when they need it, um, this team is a state title threat. And that's why I have them at number two right now. And I don't think Pace Academy is going to lose many more games this year. But if they do and Westside takes care of their business and racks up the W's, don't be surprised if you see the Patriots at number one at some point in this season. Lastly, We'll touch on Class A Private. Is the top five set or not? There's been a lot, a lot, a lot of movement. Obviously, we had Providence Christian to open up the year number one. I was a tad bit nervous knowing that, you know, Tony Carpio going to the Citadel is terrific inside. Probably a top three big man, big man in the state of Georgia right now. And then Chance Sacker going to VMI. Coach's son does a little bit of everything. Great player as well. I was worried about who really is going to be that third scoring option. Well, we saw who the third scoring option was last night. Sam Witt poured in 32 points, but they lost 88-83 to North Cobb Christian, who is ranked number four in the state right now. North Cobb Christian, I saw them at the CTC Fall League. Very impressed. I mean, they got all the pieces. They got a ton of shooters. Um, you're, you're, you're talking about a guy like Josh Dixon, a freshman point guard that's going to be one of the best Freshman in the state of Georgia really orchestrates that offense. Jack Hewitt's a lefty that's a great slasher that can hit the, the outside shot when needed. Tremaine Davis is a big, strong guard that is a great shooter. Um, um, you know, Albert Wilson transferred in is a big double-double threat. I heard he's had some big games already. He causes a lot of problems. C.J. Wallace, another lefty that can shoot the rock. So there are so many pieces in place for Coach Matta right now. And for them to go in there... Uh, high octane win, 88-83, like I said, over Providence Christian. Uh, if North Cobb Christian continue to roll, 
Um, they're going to rise up in the rankings. And they already scored a 71-67 win over Kings Ridge earlier um, you know, last week. So they've seen some of these Class A private schools now, and they're they're holding their own, and they're, they're kind of taking care of business. So that's a team to look at. Uh, Green Force, obviously it's hard to ignore everything they have. Uh, currently ranked number one. First five games of the season, they played four 7A ranked teams, um, four 7A schools that are ranked, five 7A schools in total. And then that win over Berkmar at Hoops giving 56-55, really a damper on Berkmar's uh, you know, season opener. And then just a great win for Green Force, who had lost 68-58 to at North Gwinnett and then lost 57-49 to Grayson. So Green Forest has been there, and then they, they finally get that win against Berkmar. And I know, uh, at least heading into Tuesday, I don't know if they played Tuesday, but sitting at 2-3, and three, not the best record. Um, but as I wrote on sandyspill.com, Green Forest is unlike any other uh, Class A private school in Georgia for many, many reasons. For the fact that they play against all these 7A schools, and then for the fact that they have a an interesting roster every year that is always the biggest in the state. But right now, Green Force, you can't ignore what they've done, even though they've taken those losses. They've challenged themselves. They already have um, two wins against 7A schools and one being against one of the top teams in Class 7A. So Green Force at number one. Then quickly, Galloway, really, really good team, 5-1. and one. I'm going to be able to see them this Saturday at the Sandy Spiel Showcase. Anthony Arrington obviously is the one that makes that team go. He does everything for this unit. But Quentin Alterman, Bradley Banner, two good guards, two good shooters. Um, they surround them. And then you just know Galloway always plays terrific defense. Even though they don't have seven-footers, even though they have a 6-3 post, they're going to be a very fundamentally sound defensive team and make you earn every single basket. So, you know, top five, is it set or not? I think there's going to be a lot of moving pieces. Green Force, if they can just avoid any pitfalls, I mean, they're going to play a lot of good teams, and they're probably going to suffer some more good loss against really good top ten programs from much bigger classifications. And if you've been following how I do these rankings over the past years, I do not punish teams for playing good schedules. I more so reward teams for quote-unquote good losses against good teams than I do for you know trying to raise teams in the polls that have bad wins or just play really not up-to-snuff opponents and try to pad their stats and get all these wins against teams that you know anybody would beat. Um, so Green Force, if they continue on, with how they're playing right now, they're in a good position. But again, we'll see what happens come February and March. It's very difficult to win a state championship. Now let's take a look at Class 7A on the girls' side as we finish up on the boys. The girls, let's start in Class 7A, as I just mentioned. It's as wild as we expected, and I said at the beginning of the year, it's going to be a lot of yo-yoing, teams going up and down, and I would say left and right, but I don't think there's much of a left and right in a top 10 poll, but we're seeing a lot of stalemate right now. There was one move, and that was in the middle of the poll. North Forsyth has been very impressive this year. I've already seen them um, once. Uh, they won their Raider Classic 50 to 34 over a good Maris team, and then against Cherokee, who they, you know, it's their annual meeting. They always play each other in the Raider Classic Championship, but they blew out Cherokee 61 44 
and they flip-flop with them. So Cherokee down to six, North Forsyth to five. North Versailles is really good, and I'm I'm telling you, I think I've ridden it somewhere before. They have a lot of great pieces, but I really think their X Factor and possibly their best all-around player is Aaron Whalen, a junior about 5'10", 5'11", just does a little bit of everything, rebounds very well, shoots the ball with a nice touch from the mid-range and even can extend out to the three-point line. Drives ball, a very good versatile defender. She came off the bench against Chesity in the scrimmage, and then she just you know turned it on and was a you know did everything. I think she had 17 points and 10 rebounds, or close to it in that scrimmage. She is really good, and you got her with uh, Helene Adel, who's going to um, Alabama Huntsville, and you got Maddie Erickson inside, who's going to Flagler. So you got two D two girls right there. And, Anna Jalita, Jalada, however you pronounce the name. I'm never great with names, but that's another good player that can shoot the ball. So there's a lot of great pieces for Coach Cudless over there. North Forsyth, this could be the year. If there's ever a year for a North Forsyth or a Cherokee to kind of get over the hump, looking at the rest of the field, knowing that we don't have any cheaters right now that are standing out. We don't have uh teams that bring in five or six players every year and then lose in the state championship or lose in the elite eight or whatever that's not the case right now right now as i'm currently looking at this i'm looking at a lot of teams a lot of teams that are very homegrown and i think for a team like a north Forsyth or a cherokee or even how about a campbell who sits at number one a homegrown team they have an opportunity to win a state title and we do need to talk about campbell six and one Right now, um, only losses to Meridian, Mississippi at Hoops for Hunger, but they went 3-0 and at that insider exposure event. Um, I'm telling you, this Campbell team, I, you know, talking to some coaches, I, you know, I had them guess, like, who, who's going to be number one? They brought up a lot of names in the top 10 poll, but oh, how soon they forget. They forgot to mention Campbell, and I was thinking, you guys might be a little surprised when you see when these preseason rankings come out. But Campbell has lived up to the billing so far. Like I said, a 6-1 and one start, a team that is, they're all seniors. I, and they've been seeing this great competition forever. They grew up playing against the likes of McKeecher and the likes of Westlake. They were in those regions. They've taken those bumps. They've taken those lumps. They're not going to see a team nearly as good as what Westlake has been the past, you know, I guess four years. You're not going to see a team like McKeecher has been able to field the past few years. They've seen it all. Campbell's battle-tested. They're all seniors now. Layla Battle is a very good player. We have her averaging 12 points per game. Sarah Taub, who's going to North Florida, doesn't have to fill up the stat sheet, but just a really reliable player averaging 11 points. They just have so much to throw at you, and I know they don't have a lot of great size, but when you're able to press and trap and play at your own pace and just dictate the tempo and determine how this game is going to play out, you have a chance to do something special, and Campbell is off to a great start. Very impressed with what they've been able to do. Um, just looking quickly at the rest of the teams, you know, Brookwood, they just um, suffered a loss just last night to Rockdale, who's number nine in Class 6, and they lost by one. So look for Brookwood to potentially yo-yo down. Look for Archer. They they have uh, Mount Perrin this Saturday. 
If they can handle that business, you could see Archer number two. I, Grace and Tim Slater just picked up his 100th win of his career. I'm just looking at all these teams. Again, one through ten, I feel like any of these teams in the top ten and maybe even extend that out to possibly top eh, 11 or 12, any of these teams could beat anybody. So there is not one juggernaut that's going to be super difficult or just you know untouchable. This is wide, wide, wide open, and this is how it should be. And I love to track how these teams are going to be playing the rest of the season. Class 6A is an interesting one, and I'll, I'll, I'll just put it like this. Is number one really number one? Kale, 3-0. and They're starting to get into a, a, a groove, 69-60 over Troop. Then I think they just won 84 to 18 over Altoona, and they beat uh, Florida State University High School uh, 51-36 last week. But, and, you know, it, it's it's good and it's bad at the same time because it feels like it's, oh, it's insider information, it feels like, because you can't use scrimmage results um, when you do rankings. I know I don't use scrimmage results when I do rankings because it's just, you, you just can't do that. I just feel like it's, it's not something that... Um, should really be included because scrimmage games are very different. There's people that are working on stuff. Uh, rotations might not be as, as tight as they should be or some take it more serious than another. However you want to break it down. Um, but I did see River Ridge, who ascends to number two. I did see River Ridge scrimmage kill. And I did see River Ridge absolutely just demolish Kale, just beat them up in every which way. It was a bloodbath, uh, 72 to 49. Kale played their starters the entire time. Kale does not have a deep bench. River Ridge was playing everybody. Um, so a lot to look at there. Um, I, now, I, I think if they play again, I don't think River Ridge is going to blow them out that bad, but um, River Ridge really took it to them, and I think right now, as it's currently constituted, the best team that I've seen in Class Six. Right now, I've seen, I've seen Kell, I've seen Buford, I have seen River Ridge, um, I've seen Statesboro. So I've seen a few of them, um, but at least what they've done as far as resume. And I know it's really early, but River Ridge has been the most impressive team. They beat Woodstock seventy-seven to seventy-one. And Woodstock hit like 16 threes in that game, and it still wasn't enough to beat River Ridge. They beat Cherokee when they were up about 17 points. Now, they only won by two. They almost fumbled it away, and that gave me great pause with the press and the helter-skelter and the you know, rushing quick shots, and that was, that was scary. But they were still pounding a good Cherokee team, and then they already had that win over Kill. So I think River Ridge, very legitimately a state championship contender. I possibly a state title favorite, but again, it just, you know, they've been waiting to move up in the rankings, but I said, you know, stuff has to happen ahead of you. Things need to shake free. Um, but I mean, they have all the pieces. Matea Gales averaging close to 20 points per game. She's an electrifying point guard. Um, River Ridge dominates teams on the glass. And, you know, you think about Lovejoy, who just suffered a loss to Woodward. Lovejoy is really good, athletic, long, and a lot of good basketball players over there and well-coached. Um, but I don't think River Ridge is going to get killed on the glass by many teams they play with Ali Sweet averaging 13 points and 13 rebounds. Um, the emergence of Kayla Cleveland as a freshman at five foot eleven that can score inside and out and is strong and physical 
Um, that is just another just ace in the back pocket there and just all these young players that they can throw in there and rebound. And Sophia Reyes, I don't even think she's played a game yet, but when she gets back healthy, she's not a huge offensive threat, but she's 6'2". She's going to rebound. She's going to alter shots. There's just so much to choose from. And then it's a great three-point shooting team. Sophia Pearl averaging over 11 points per game um, as a freshman. Uh, She shoots the ball, lights out. She is always ready to launch. There's just a lot of offensive firepower on this River Ridge team, and they're good defensively. They're long. They get on the offensive glass. This is a really good team, and I'm excited to see how they progress throughout the year. But 6A, 6A is as difficult as it gets. I know they have that win over Kell, but Kell is very good. Lovejoy is terrific. Buford is obviously Buford, um, a really good team with Ava Grace Watson, who is just you know, that would be a fun matchup to see her against Matea Gale, too. Just lightning quick guards. Carrollton is racking up wins and just won a close one against East Coweta. A um, lot of good teams, but River Ridge right now, I have them circled as far as teams that I've seen. They look really, really, really good. And if I could use scrimmage results, River Ridge would be number one in the state. Now, let's move on to Class 3A with the David Dow Saga. Strange stuff going on in Lumpkin County, but they're still number one. They lost to Buford 56-39, but bounced back with a 63-44 win over St. Pius. David Dow steps down. They beg him to come back, or however it all breaks out. Um, He comes back, and now he's back on the sideline. So, still... I thought there were going to be distractions with that. Still, with the fact that he's back, I feel like they're. it's weird, but I'm sure, I mean, I'm not insider information. I don't know exactly what's going on over there, but I think if he's back there, I don't know, it might be strange for some people that tried to force him out, but in the end, uh, they need his leadership. He's the one that built this program, and it's a good thing for basketball. So if everyone can put their own... Um, you know, personal um, things aside and their uh, selfishness aside, whatever the case may be, if they work together as one and work as a team and don't worry about statistics or anything like that, like Lumpkin County is going to be a very difficult team to beat. Uh, a team, uh, obviously right now, a legitimate state title contender, the favorite to win the state championship. So if they can just all put away personal accolades and just focus on the team and playing the 32 games. Lumpkin County should play 32 games this year. So if they can kind of get that weird week and a half behind them and focus on what their goal was heading into the season, Lumpkin County is going to be just fine. And lastly, we're going to touch on Class 2A. So just looking at it right now, I've seen four of the top five schools and five of the top seven ranked teams in Class 2A. Elbert County ranked number one. Now, that's a tough first look at them against Buford. Buford would beat, per, yeah, they'd beat everybody in Class 2A. They wouldn't lose anybody in Class 2A. Now, they were down 62 to 32 going into the fourth quarter, but then Buford cleared the bench, and Elbert County showed a lot of fight, and they cut it to 64-55, a respectable showing. But, uh Trust me, Buford was in the driver's seat that entire game. But Elbert County, really quick. Their guards are just super, super, super tiny. It always is jarring. You see them like they are really small, and they're not super strong built. They're just little quick guards 
thin guards, but they play exceptionally hard. They're very good, and they're going to overwhelm a lot of teams, just not 6A powerhouse. But Anaya Allen's really good. Anaya Moon had a, a solid game flying all over, so I've seen Elbert County. Josie, I haven't seen. I know the personnel for the most part saw them last year. I do think they have a freshman that's making an impact this year, but Josie is a team I need to see more of. They did just beat Greenbrier by two points. Uh, Greenbrier, number five, I want to say, in Class 5A. Very impressive. Josie, they have that length. They have that athleticism. They play very good defense. They're going to be an issue for anybody else in Class 2A just because of those factors I just mentioned. Now, number three, Fannin. They just jumped Raven County in the rankings. Fannin, 63-39 over Gilmer, who's not quite what they were last year. But then they did beat Pickens to win the ETC uh, championship 42 39 and then i saw them against north oconee north oconee ranked number nine in class 4a but north oconee was without possibly their best guard ayana Peavy, the sophomore so take that with a grain of salt but they were in control they did win that game 59 to 49 becca ledford obviously going to west georgia really really good had 12 points as did Reagan York, who is just a, a good grinder, not going to do anything super flashy, but she rebounds, she defends, she'll hit open shots, and she can drive to the basket. Uh, but Courtney Davis, I think that sophomore, who had some magical moments last year in the state playoffs, um, she's just really, really skilled. Like just You could tell by her movement, she's lightning quick, she handles the ball, she just has easy uh, shooting capabilities off the dribble. Just you know, She can pull from wherever. And if she gets a little bigger, uh, a little taller, like she is a legitimate uh, college prospect. She's really good. So I'm just waiting to see when she absolutely breaks out. I know she's going to score a lot of points this year, but her absolute coming out party as far as probably averaging 15, 16, 17 points per game, that could be next year. But she is very lethal with her deep range and just her quickness and agility. Um, Rabin County, seeing them twice. Um always a, a good team they've played tough competition their only two losses was to south forsyth who's currently ranked in the top 10 and class 7a that was at Sainsfield tip-off classic where they just let go of the rope got outscored 22 to 4 in the third quarter and the rest was history after they were down 12 34 to 26 at the half i want to say uh, and then their only other loss was the habersham central a solid 6a school but they just struggled to score 10 points in the second half 46-38 loss there. Um, but Raven County always, at the end of the day, D.D. Dillard is always going to have this team in the mix. A lot of them seniors. Uh, I know missing Ellie Southerns really hurts as far as another good shooter, another really versatile piece. Offense has been treacherous at times. You know, they can have a little bit of a scoring lull here and there. Um, but Lucy Hood is really good. She's on Division One radars now, I can I can say, um, with her performance at the Sandy Spill uh, Tip-Off Classic, the D1 schools definitely know who she is, and she's going to have an opportunity to play at, possibly play at that level. But all these seniors, Gracie Dietz going to Emanuel College, um, her inside-out presence, uh, her length inside is crucial. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they just, they just have a good group. Carly Haven's a big guard. Uh, and Sophie Woodard. So, they, you know, a lot of veterans over here. And that's a team that is going to be in the mix, getting their press, kind of locking in and finding rotations. They're going to be fine. So that's, a, uh, what, that's already the third team I've seen play. Washington County, I saw them beat Redan 
48 to 40. Ashley Gray was good. Um, again, about 5'10, 5'11, just gets putbacks and has a soft touch and just has a good feel about her game. Deja Canty is a mismatch. Only about 5'7, but super powerful, super strong. Crashes the glass, will go coast to coast. Big body will move people out of the way. And it's just very, very tough. And Washington County runs some good sets offensively. And then lastly, we'll talk about number seven, Union County, who just suffered a loss, a blowout loss to North Hall the other night. Um, heard North Hall was raining in threes, but they're going to be very tough. Ava Hunter inside going to North Georgia. Um, when you talk about Elbert County, what's their weakness? Size inside. Rabin County, what's their weakness? Probably size inside. What's Union County strength in Region 8? Size inside with Hunter. And then even Laura Turner is an interesting-looking sophomore at about 5'11", can knock down the mid-range shot and can alter shots and rebound. Those are differing styles. Now, obviously, you know, Elbert County and Raven have, have handled Union County over the past years, uh, but Union has been good. They, you know, they were good maybe two years ago when they won over 20 games. And with that size inside and it's her senior season, Ava Hunter is going to be a load to stop. So with that being said, seeing all these teams in Class 2A, um, you know, Elbert County plays Josie. I think they do play each other um, early in the year. I think they're actually coming up pretty soon. That's going to really decide a lot of things. I know it was a one-point game in the state tournament last year. It looks like they're actually playing each other now on this upcoming Saturday. So that's going to really give us a, a great view and a great look at Class 2A. Number one versus number two in the state. Um, you know, the outcome of that game is going to kind of determine what we think we know. So looking forward to that. And then obviously in Region 8 with Elbert playing Rabin and Union and, you know, Fannin County is going to beat up on the teams they play on for the most part. But a lot to be decided in Class 2A. But this is a very big first step as far as one versus two this Saturday between Elbert County and Josie to see who really is the team to beat right now in Class 2A. So that's our storylines. Just quick little recap on a couple classification stuff that stands out to me. Uh, try to get some more podcasts up uh, a little more frequently. We'll see a very busy time, especially with the holiday season and games going on nonstop and then having to take the time to recap what I see. But again, um, get out there this Saturday, uh, December 4th, we have the Sandy Spiel Showcase at Archer High School. Five great boys games, two great girls games. Looking forward to that. Ten teams in the top ten currently. And then, of course, um, the following week, December 11th, a Saturday, we have the CTC Classic, an all-girls event where we have, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six games. And right now we have Elbert County playing Calvary Day, a top 10 matchup. We have Wesleyan against Johns Creek, a good game. Loganville versus North Cobb Christian. Grayson versus Troop County. North Gwinnett versus Banks County with Cameron Greer inside. And Lanier versus Druid Hills tips us off at 12 o'clock. So get out there. That game or that CTC Classic event will be at Grayson High School on December 11th, December 4th, this Saturday. Sandy Spill Showcase at Archer. I appreciate you. As always, you can find all this information on sandyspill.com and check in on Twitter at KyleSandy355 for updates throughout the season on both of these events, live updates, and of course with game night recaps and rankings and just everything that goes on in the state of Georgia. Until next time, 
Happy holidays. We'll speak soon.